we've been uh, talking about the police budget, obviously a very big, big conversation that will continue to go on. It's been a long one for a while as to how committed are we to policing and fighting crime. And, you know, it's something I've talked about certainly on this show, you know, organized crime and that kind of thing. But uh, one of the biggest things, one of the things we are not doing, one of the biggest policing challenges in this country is getting completely ignored. And that is the rampant, rampant organized you know, crime and crime networks in this country. A U.S. report out this morning confirming what should very well be known in this country and should be dealt with by those in charge. But we have become a safe haven for transnational crime, a haven for, you know, oligarchs, uh, kleptocrats, uh, kingpins, you know, illicit trade production, distribution of, you know, illegal goods, exporting contraband, money laundering, a safe haven for all crime networks. So they do whatever they want, whether it's money laundering, whether it's drug drug, um, you know, fentanyl, human trafficking. And we're talking groups like Mexican cartels, Hezbollah. And we don't have a strategy. Um, the perfect person to talk about this is the person that just wrote a book about, you know, dirty money, financial crime in Canada. That is Dr. Christian Luprecht, professor over at military, Royal Military College of Canada. Thank you so much, uh, Christian, for chatting with me. I feel like um, you were kind of ahead of the curve on this one. Yeah, Alex, good morning. So, uh, um, and of course, aside from all the harms that it does to everything from public safety to cost of living, because of course, real estate, as we know from the Royal Commission on Money Laundering, British Columbia, uh, is a major uh, conduit to this and our very weak regulations when it comes to uh, and complicity of some of the members of the profession, whether it's in real estate accounting or law, because we've essentially professionalized money laundering. It's, of course, also money that's missing in our tax coffers because much of this money is designed to um, evade uh, the uh, uh, necessity of these individuals to pay the taxes that they duly owe uh, on their activities. So not only is it causing harm, um, it is in difficult fiscal times causing us, uh, us a loss to finance precisely the sort of public services uh, that you uh, brought up at the beginning of the segment. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we had the money laundering um, inquiry in B.C. Lots came out of that commission um, of the fentanyl, of the money laundering through the casinos. We know stuff's going on. Uh, Sam Cooper has reported certainly on all that stuff. He's reported on the Hezbollah crime networks. You've been warning about this for a long time. We know this has been going on for a long time. The snow washing that we're known for, uh, cars going out of the car every five, cars going out of the car every five minutes uh, to to international um, you know, countries, but there has been no appetite by anyone in charge at any level to actually do anything about it. There's no way they can't know that this is going on. Right. The entrenchment funds of Chinese triads in Canada goes back to the 1980s. Uh, so the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, uh, I mean, we've had four decades now of this on uh, on warnings. Uh, we have FinTrack, our financial intelligence unit that is entirely reactive uh, whose disclosures are uh, not always as comprehensive as they could or should be. Uh, this is all well reported in the public domain of what an outlier our financial intelligence unit is. Uh, it's been around for 20 years when we were finally seeing some fines. I mean, the fines are 
minuscule, the largest fine that Fintrack laid, which was last year for the first time, a significant fine of $7.7 million. Um, by contrast, of the uh, two out of the four large Australian banks have had fines of $700 million and $1.4 billion uh, levied against them. Uh, you know, are Canadian banks and financial institutions really that much better? I mean, look at, for instance, yeah. the trouble that... Uh, uh, that TD is in uh, in the United States in particular, and the way corruption within the organization um, uh, allowed significant money laundering within that organization. You would think that in an advanced modern bank, data analytics would be able to catch these type of aberrant um, uh, flows. But uh, you know, it seems to suggest that uh, this is you know perhaps just part of the way of doing business. Um, And there's not much of an incentive. And the incentive is, of course, that you're unlikely in this country to get caught. And even if you do get caught, uh, the chances of getting prosecuted, uh, let alone having to spend any time in jail, is very unlikely. Right. Uh, But it's it's not sustainable, right? Of disrupting the flows. Right. And we can't turn to like the RCMP. I don't think they're uh, with all their dysfunction. I don't know if they're up to the job. CSIS, I don't think they get nearly enough support. And so where's the appetite? Because in 10 years, 20 years, Christian, what does this look like? Right. And and so I don't know why there is no actual, um, you know, why there's no one in charge that is actually trying to get ahead of this. And how long would it take us to turn around and what would it take? Um, well, Gary Clement, who uh, stood up the integrated proceeds of crime team for the RCMP in the 1990s when it was actually effective, uh, Jeff Simzer and I um, wrote a very detailed submission for the Royal Commission on Money Laundering in British Columbia on how you actually set this up and how you can be effective. We know from our allies uh, including in particular Australia, that you can have effective means of intervention. Uh, the Germans also do it reasonably effectively. So there are models out there. It is really, as you point out, a matter of, uh, of ultimately of political will. Um, and I think uh, as we see with a host of other issues of public safety, mm-hmm. intelligence, security, defense by this federal government, uh, it's largely indifferent. It's not a policy priority. Uh, it probably just looks too hard to do. Um, and so uh, so I think there's just and, th- and there's no bandwidth uh, within a minority government to uh, to focus on this. And, and the problem is that we are becoming a weak link within the Five Eyes community. And that's what that report that you started with is really on about, that Canada is being used as a conduit. Um, not just to launder, for instance, money in large quantities, but for instance, for Chinese triads that have trouble shipping fentanyl directly to Australia, which doesn't currently have a big fentanyl crisis, Mm. precisely because the institutions are effective. They're now shipping it here, they're cooking it here, and then exporting it to Australia, in part because it's so relatively easy to uh, engage in these illicit activities in Canada, and in part because our laws are not up to the to the challenge. Our institutions aren't up to the challenge. Uh, and if you do get caught, it's very unlikely you're going to spend any jail time. Yeah. So they'll hedge their butt. But it makes me very, very angry. I, I think it should make all Canadians angry because we are going to pay for this uh, and are paying for this. But again, without the political will, it's not going to get it's not going to get. Solved. Yeah. Well, we should focus. You know, we focus on the symptoms. We want to do something about the fentanyl crisis. Well, focus on the drivers, which is the rational choice incentives for the people behind this that are making money and that are using it quite deliberately as a tactic to destroy our social fabric and our democratic institutions in this country by adversarial states that are not just willing to tolerate this, but that are actively encouraging it. So let's understand that, you know, there, there are other ways to go about this. Um, uh, to uh, then simply focusing on the symptoms in our streets. And we really need to change the conversation. And that's one of the important contributions that you're making, Alex. Yeah, yeah the streets get more dangerous the longer we let this go on. Uh, we very much appreciate your time always, Christian.
Always a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, have a good morning. You as well, Dr. Krishna Luprecht. If you want to read, I don't know where he finds the time to write these books. I wish I had that kind of determination. Nonetheless, his latest is author of Dirty Money, Financial Crime in Canada. This is not new. He's written about it. Sam Cooper's written about it. Uh, Paul Palango's written about it. We have no leadership to deal with it.